Come on, let's say it again. God is good. And God is. God is good. And God is good. And God is good. Hallelujah. He's good. (laughs) I heard somebody say all the time. All the time. We need him all the time. Amen. God is so good. And all the time he is good. I don't know about you, but every day, every minute, every second, every hour, God is still good. No matter what we go through, it does not change his goodness. It does not change his mercy. It does not change his loving kindness. We have to spend time with him so we will know how good he is. And sometimes we go way out there and we forget about the things that God has already done. And our minds are so far out. We're looking for God to do something right now. But if we look at what he's already done, we will say, God, what I'm looking for now is already done as well. So we have to keep looking to him and not to ourselves. Because we don't know one day from the next. We don't know what's going to take place or transpire. So what we have to do is be in a place to hear what God is saying, to be before him. So no matter what goes on, we know that God has us, right? Do you know that God have you today? Outside of you, outside of what you do, what you say, God still have you and God still love you. So that tells me if God still love us outside of us, we should love one another. Amen. Outside of what we do. I'm just so, um, how can I say it? Glad to be here today. I don't know about you, but God gave me another opportunity. Did he give you one? And if you're still here, that means that he gave you another opportunity to do something for him. And we should give God glory and say, God, I'm still here. So it's still work that you have for me to do. I could be gone, but God, I'm still here. And me and my husband, um, last Thursday, y'all, it was high winds and we had to go out early that morning. And on the way back on 117, as we was driving along, my husband said, look at the tree. The tree is getting ready to come down. So as you know, the tree come down on us, on the vehicle. Only thing I saw was limbs in front of my face. And my husband slammed on brakes. And the only thing he could do is swerve into the other lane. But when he swerved in the other lane, there was nothing there. Going behind us, there was nothing there. God protected us. And God kept us from everything that we were going through. See, this is why we have to spend time with God and we have to speak Psalms 91 every day. Because, see, God have his angels of protection around us. And see, when things happen like that, you don't have time to say, Lord, have mercy. You got to be ready for that time because the only thing I remember was all the limbs in front of me. Windshield was not broken. Car was not damaged. The only thing was we were sitting on the side. Waiting on them to come move the tree and giving God glory. Because I'm telling you, God watches over us. God know what we need and when we need it. This is why we have to put him first and foremost in our lives. 
because he already know what's best for us. So we need to depend on him and not depend on ourselves. Amen. It is because of his goodness, his mercy and his loving kindness. So, Father God, we just thank you and we praise you. We lift you up, God. We adore you. We magnify you, God, because you are God. There is no other God like you. So, God, we honor you on this morning. God, I thank you, God, for bringing us here once again. I thank you for the plan and the purpose, God, that you have for our lives, God. And I thank you that those plans and purposes shall be fulfilled, God. I thank you for the destiny, God, that's set out before us, God. And I bind every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. I speak that we're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We're abiding up under the shadows of the Almighty. We can say unto you, Lord, that you are our refuge, you are our fortress, and you we shall trust. God, you are our shield, God. You are our sure defense, God. You are our strong tower. So, God, we're grateful and we're thankful. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, be our teacher, be our helper. Lead us, guide us into all truth. Reveal unto us today. Bring the word back to our remembrance, what you have spoken unto us. And, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ. Who lives on the inside of me. And you shall get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to go a little bit further today um, with our teaching. We were talking about 911, what's your emergency? And it's lost souls. But the Lord has given me something else to add to that today. So I give God glory for what God is doing in this place. Amen? Amen. So turn with me to St. John, the first chapter, and let's hear what God has to say unto us, which is the church. Hallelujah. We thank God for his word. Amen. Hallelujah. And St. John, the first chapter, it reads, in the beginning, everybody ready? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Let me read that again. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. You may be seated. I want to talk about seeing the word of God for what it is. Seeing the word of God for what it is. Um, I don't know about you, but I try with the help of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis to be before the Lord, putting him before anything else. Before I do anything else, I just want to sit before him and hear what he has to say. Because sometimes we go about our day and we're not hearing him. We're not hearing what he has to say and what he wants us to do in that day. Because we can plan our way. But when we allow him to direct it, you know, allow him to be in the midst of what we're doing in that day. So as I was sitting before the Lord, I don't know about you, sometimes we can sit before him, but our mind is still running 90 miles a minute. 
So we have to bring a calmness to our mind because the Bible say, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. And sometimes we think because we're sitting still that we're still and we're going to know that he's God. So as I'm sitting there before the Lord and as I sit before him, I do my little decrees, my declares. And, you know, I pray for the body of Christ and I pray from whomever the Holy Spirit put on my heart to pray for. So sometimes we can have things in our order. We can orchestrate things the way we get used to doing things. And we think that we're being still before the Lord. Y'all know what I'm saying? Because we try to orchestrate things the way we want them to be orchestrated and not the way the spirit would have for us to do it. Because sometimes when we get in the habit of doing things, the enemy know how we set it up or how we how we're going to do it. But when the spirit of the living God is in it, it's not your way. It's his way of doing So as I was sitting there before the Lord and I was waiting on the Lord, I thought I was being still before him. All of a sudden, I I got through this point and the Lord had spoken to me on some things. So I said, okay, now I'm finna move on my decree and declare. I'm going to do this right here. And I heard the spirit say, there you go. I'm like, huh? There you go. You still not still. I'm like, God, I was still because I heard what you said. So I can move on with what I need to do. God said, no. He said, sometimes you think that you are still, but in your mind, you're anxious. You're still anxious to do your decree and declare. You're anxious to get these things out of the way. And then you're looking far ahead in your day and say, well, God, all of this got to be done. So let me just move on. So God said, you're not still. He said, because if you're really still in me, You're ready for me to orchestrate what you need to do and not the way you want to do it. I'm like, all right, God, I hear what you're saying. He says, so when you are before me, you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you. You allow the Holy Spirit to step in and do his job and not you trying to do stuff because you're looking at the hours in the day. He said, I created the day. He said, I know what your day is supposed to be like. So why don't you allow me? To show you the day, and this is my prayer, y'all. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that you allow me to see another day. Thank you for the plan and the purpose that you have for me today. God, thank you for allowing me to see what you see, hear what you um, hear, and do what you allow me to do. Then he turned and said, now you told me that you wanted me to show you the day that you're in because I made plans for that day for you. He said, but yet you're still trying to orchestrate the day. He said, how can you wait on me to tell you about what to do in this day, but yet you're still planning your day? It's okay to plan it, but you got to hear me because you might be out of my will for you. I'm like, okay, God, I hear what you're saying. So I say, God, not my way, but your way. God, not my will. But let your will be done because you know what I need to be doing in this day. And some things that I have planned for this day, you might have to say, no, that's not the day I have for you. That's not in this plan for you on this day. Some of us get check off lists and we try to check off everything that's on that list because that's what we want to do. But God said, is that my plan for you today? You got it checked off and you can have it written down. You wrote it down. But is that what I want you to do today? He said, so it's okay to write it down, but allow me to orchestrate that day because half of that stuff I may not want you to do today. 
I may have something else in that plan. So God said, when you're being still, he said, you're waiting on me and you wait on me because you trust in me. Why am I saying all that? To say this, seeing the word of God for what it is. God said he wants us to see his word for what it is. And he began to tell me, he said, the reason why some things are not manifesting and people's lives the way it need to manifest is because they're not seeing my word for what it is. I have learned that when I'm talking to people, I listen. He said, the problem is people are not listening anymore. They don't know what's behind what people are saying and you agreeing with some things that's not God. Some people talk out of their hurt. Some people talk out of where they've been and what they've been through. Some people talk out of their grief. They talk based on how they feel. But God wants us to talk based upon his word. And God said, when you don't know my word, you're going to be talking nonsense. He said, everything that you're saying ain't going to mean nothing. Because you don't know my word. You got to understand the word of God. You got to know how important the the word of God is. This is not just a book, y'all. This book is the Bible. It's the good book. This Bible tells you how to live. It is written. It is logos. It is the written word of God. And the only way you can live your life the right way is by the word of God. There is no other way. God said my people have gotten out of the word. And gotten in things that they believe. And they're trying to use the word to offset what they're doing and what they're saying. He said but I ain't in that. He said, I want you to see my word for what it really is. And as you see my word for what it really is, you won't be in half the stuff that you're doing or you won't be saying half the stuff that you're saying because my word will bring correction. It will bring rebuke because it is the breath of God. So God said, learn to listen when people are talking and see what's behind those words. He said, because everything people say, I don't care how sweet it is, don't mean I'm behind it. Somebody can tell you they love you just to get what you got, and you so reject that you accept in false love. Because you don't know his words. You don't know the characteristic of God. God don't manipulate to get nothing. You got manipulation behind words because that's what people have built their life up to be. They base their life on manipulation. And if you hang with manipulation, you become a manipulator. Whomever you associate with is what you become. If I married a man, my husband, in which he's not, if he's a thief, and he trying not to act like a thief, but he got sticky fingers every time we go somewhere. And I'm still with that man. Sooner than later, my finger's going to be just as sticky as his. Hello, somebody. I'm going to be picking up little stuff and not even realizing I'm picking it up. Because I become a thief and a robber just like he. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. You become who you associate with. I'm going to prove to y'all. Two married people. They come together. 
Woman have her own mind, husband have his own mind. Them two minds come together. Either those minds are carnal or they're spiritual. You got to have one or the other. You have one with the carnal mind, you have one with the spiritual mind. The carnal minded person is doing carnally things which mean death. The, the spiritual minded person is doing spiritual things which mean life. One or the other got to be carnal or spiritual. You don't need to be both in the same house. Because it's going to draw you or drive you one way or the other. Another example is, if my husband don't like seafood when I married him, and I'm eating seafood, loving it. He loves seafood, by the way. But if he don't like it and he say when he eat it, it does something to him. Okay, we're going to pray over you so you can eat everything that God created because it's good. We're going to bless it and sanctify it. But if he choose to be that way, that's him. So I'm seeing him not eating seafood because he said it does a certain thing to him. I'm eating seafood. He said, well, I can eat this kind of seafood, but I can't eat this kind of seafood. Next thing I know, the, the, the time that I spend with him and see what he's not doing, all of a sudden I get those thoughts in my head, I better not eat that because this is what's going to happen to me. So now when we go out, um, Apostle, do you want seafood? No, I can't eat it. I get a reaction from it. Never had the reaction before, before I married that man. People will mess your mind up. That's why your mind got to be set on the word from things above and not on things of the earth. If I eat meat when I married him and he don't eat meat, I'm a dog, I love meat. I ain't changing my eating my meat because he don't eat it. Well, I'm, I'm going to love you, but I'm going to still eat this steak. But if it's putting him in a place that's making him stumble, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me not to eat it in front of him to make him. It's in the word. Do you know your word? You don't put your family on a diet because you on a diet. Your family go on a diet because they love you, not because they choose to. It's it's still in their choosing, though. Y'all. We got to see the word the way God sees the word and see what God reminded me of the teaching I've been going over. I couldn't sanctify myself, y'all. I couldn't set myself apart. I couldn't be holy on my own. See, it took Jesus dying on my behalf to make me holy. I'm holy because of him, not because of anything I would ever do would make me holy. Now, I live a holy life because of the word of God. Because when I go in the word of God, the word tell me how to live. The word tell me how to separate myself from the things of the the world. The Bible says, sanctify me in truth. For thy word is what? It is truth. So in order for me to set myself apart, I do it by the word of God. Some of us are still not set apart from things of the world because we're not in the good book. We're not in the word of God. If you truly want to be set apart, get into the word. And as you get into the word, the places you used to go, the things that you used to do, you're not really going to want to do them. You may be tempted by them, but the change comes through the word of God. So God is saying, 
I want my people to see my word for what it is. And we're not seeing it. We're not perceiving it because we ain't in it long enough. We're not still long enough to get the word. I am justified. I'm acquitted just like I have never sinned. Not because of me, but because of the word of God. Because of Jesus. He is the word. Everything I am is because of him. I'm joined unto the Lord. I am one spirit with him. Because of him dying on my behalf, I couldn't get there on my own. I am redeemed. The price have been paid. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Some of us don't even know what redeemed means. And we're trying to say so, but our lives are not living like it's so. It comes a time in our lives that you can hear people quote the word of God. And people say they know the word of God, but I beg you to differ. Anything that you know, you're going to live it. You're going to do it. And if you get off of it, you're going to rise back up and say, forgive me. That's not what the word says. Anybody who's in a fault and don't get up out of that fault, you need to be delivered. Anybody that can't say, I'm sorry. And they have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Or forgive me, something is wrong. Something has taken that place. That tells me you're not in the word. Anybody who's blaming everybody else and don't see themselves, you ain't in the word. You have to see yourself first. Before you see anyone else, you got to check you first. Say, God, before I open my mouth, check me. Search me, God, and see if there's any wicked way in me outside of your truth. This is how we live, y'all. We live by the, there is no other way. The word of God says that man don't live by bread alone. Did y'all hear that? Man, man and woman do not live by bread alone. But see, some of us women will say, honey, that's, that's for you. It say man. See, ignorant, going to see. See, I can tell you where you are. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. Matthew, the fourth chapter, that proceeds out of what? The mouth of God. This is how we live, y'all, by the word of God. There is no other way that you can be a spiritual being and you're not living by the word of God. We always want God to do something and God said, I have done everything. Grab hold to what I have done through what is written. We always pray to God and we always get in certain scriptures when things go wrong in our lives. But those scriptures have not come, become a part of us. We're speaking those scriptures, but we're not believing them because Paul say, I only speak what I believe. I don't just speak it. I speak it because I believe it. Come on. When you call somebody a hussy, do you believe they're a hussy or you just saying they're hussy? When you call somebody a hoe, do you believe they're a hoe or you just saying they're a hoe? Come on. Out of your mouth, out of the abundance of your heart. Your mouth is going to speak. So it's where your heart is. So things that come out of us is what we have rooted on the inside of us. Don't tell me you didn't mean it. You said what you meant. It was already there. So God want us to take his word for what it is. So when he took me back, he said, let's go back to the beginning. In the beginning was the word. That means, y'all, that the word was there before anything was there. 
before anything was created, the word was there. The word, which is Jesus, existed before anything existed. Come on, we can stop right there. Because outside of the word, there would be nothing. Everything is because of the word of God. So why are we putting the word down and putting everything else above the word? Because we don't know what the word is and what. How can you throw this aside, but you're working? You're going to work. You're keeping up with policies and procedures, but you don't even know. Help me, Holy Ghost. You don't even know what's in the word, but you go on your job and you do from A to Z. And if it's not right, you tell them it's not right. Let's do it again. But you won't pick up the word. Everything in the world, you want to make it so right because you don't want to look bad. You want people to see you. The reason why? Because you are rejected. You have not known that you, you have not known that you are accepted. Because when you haven't been accepted in the beloved, you're not looking for the world to give you nothing. Because you have everything you need in him. That's what the word of God tells me. If you reject me, it's okay because I've been accepted. I've been accepted in the beloved. So my value is not based on you talking to me or you not talking to me. Because the price has been paid for me outside of you and me. We know it, right? We know the word. We know the word, right? When we know the word, we do what the word says. You cannot know something and not do it. Come on, go on your job and say you know this and you're not doing it. Fired. Go ahead, try it. Try it. They had you on that job for three months. And they're saying, three months, you should be at this point. And if they're seeing that you're not at this point, these days and times, they don't have to give you three months. They can give you one day and say, I don't need you no more. And you can't even have a lawsuit. Well, you didn't even give me an opportunity. Yes, I did. I hired you. Now I'm firing you. Now leave the premises. But one thing I can say about this word, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I can mess up 24-7. And I'm still accepted. Not by you, but by my father. He don't fire me. He don't give up on me because he laid down his life for me. But every mistake apostle somebody make, we're ready to throw him under the bus. You know how I learned this? Do y'all know how I learned this? Huh? That's why I don't look at people. Yeah, sometimes I ain't gonna lie. I look at you cross-eyed. Especially if I'm teaching you right, my eyes be crossed everywhere. I look at you kind of funny. But see, we as brothers and sisters of Christ, we help one another. When we see somebody out of place, we go to the leader, we go to, we let them, that's out of place. That's, I love that. Because you're doing what the word tells you to do. Look at your neighbor. Say, do you know the word for real? Come on, ask him again. And say, and you still in unforgiveness? 
Maybe I ain't talking to you today. Maybe I'm just talking to me. Maybe I'm just talking to me. Because see, when we know what this word is and what this word represents, we ain't showing our tail outside the word. Amen. <laughs> so we see in the word what it says. So if we see what the word is saying, that's what we do. Let's go back to the jobs. I'm using what we're so familiar with. The problem with us is when we go on these jobs, we ain't doing it unto God. We're doing it unto man. But when we do it unto God, everything that man requires us to do on those jobs go beyond that. Because we ain't basing what we do on man. We're basing it upon the kingdom. Meaning that I'm a kingdom citizen. The kingdom don't do stuff half-heartedly just to get paid. Let me help you out. I'm not just going to do just enough to get my paycheck. I'm going to do it. To the goodness of God. I'm going to do it the way God commanded me to do it. And they're going to see his glory coming through me to this job. They're going to know that I was put here for a reason. And no matter how they do me, I'm going to do it unto him. Everything you do. That's the word. Everything you do, you do it unto him. You don't go on these jobs just to get paid. See, if I open up positions in the church and say I will pay people I will have more leaders doing more because they're looking at money instead of looking at the word it's all about money the bible say the love of money is the root of all it's not the money we need the money to live but do you love money more than you love God let's ask ourselves you find out when you don't have none you start finding ways to get some. Right? That shows you what you love. Because see, when your funds are low, you have, that's when you start growing in him. Because you're realizing it ain't there in the natural, but everything I need, it comes from the supernatural. So Father, you know what I need in this day because you already laid it out for me. So I'm not going to miss anything because you are my father. You said, you know what, I'm in the need of God even before I ask. God, you knew this need was coming even before I asked you concerning this. So I know it's already done. Because God, you ain't going to let me go out like this. You are God that you're not going to be made ashamed of because I know what you said to me. That's what the word does. The word will take you places that you ain't never been before. The word will take you Higher and higher from glory to glory to glory. But you got to get in it for it to take you from glory to glory to glory. Come on, you can't tell me that you in the word and you holding grudges. You can't tell me that you in the word and you can't love your brother or your sister. You cannot tell me that you in the word and you giving up on God. I got something to ask y'all. How many... I don't care how depressed you are, you show up at work depressed. Help me, somebody. Help me out. How many, I don't care how sick you are, spreading germs because you ain't got no sick time, you go to work sneezing on people to get the check. Help me, somebody. But when it comes to the house of God, ain't sick, ain't depressed, but won't show up. Help me somebody. 
the world, the, the world can call you at any time and say, I need for you to come in. Okay. Even though you're going in with the wrong heart. But see, when you come in the house of God with the wrong motive, the word will set you afar. The word will cut you. That's why the Bible said the word is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. It's active. It's operative. It's energizing. It's like a two-edged sword. It will pierce you. It will go into your innermost being and cut you up, convict you, and even know the intent and the thoughts of your Oh, that's just how good it is. That's why you need it. You need to say, God, cut me up today. Show me me today, God. Let that two-edged sword go in and pierce me. Even to in some areas, God, that I don't know nothing about. See, this is why when Jesus walked with those disciples and they were talking about him in their mind. Don't be talking about the word in your head. Because the Bible said the word know your thoughts from afar off. He know what you're thinking even before you think it. So Jesus will cut in when they be talking amongst themselves foolishness. And the word will come in and correct the apostle. The word will come in and just cut them where they need to be cut. See, that's why you need to be in the house of God when the word of God is being spoken. Because whatever situation you're in, there is a word that will be spoken in the midst of wherever you are to cut you. To give you what you need. And guess what we do? We scratch Bible study off our list. We scratch church service off our list because that ain't important no more I don't need that I got everything I need and you're walking around like a dead man even though you have the spirit of the living God in you this is why you need the word you cannot live without this word he said I'm the vine you're the branch without me y'all catch it did y'all catch that verse he said without me you can't do nothing Without the word, you you couldn't even save yourself. It took the word to save you, to deliver you, to heal you, to prosper you. So why are you still trying to do stuff yourself? Look at your neighbor say, have you not figured it out? It's not working. Say, it's not working. Say, your money can't even get your mind right. Your husband can't get your mind right. Your wife can't get your mind right. And you being single can't even get your mind right. It takes the work. Some women want the husband. Hold me, baby. Just hold me. I'd be all right if you hold me. They hold you and you're worse off than you ever been. Then you go to the doctor and say, give me a double dose, I'll be fine. Get the double dose and you walk around like a zombie and can't even think right. Seeing the word of God for what it is. We got to see the word of God for what it is. And we got to quit seeing other things for what it's not. These other things cannot save you, y'all. These other things cannot take you to heaven nor hell. But it can get you to hell. So we got to understand what we're depending on is not helping us. 
Some of us depend on a man. Don't get me wrong. We do need men because they need to mow the grass. They need to wash the cars. They need to do all of these things. They need to lift this furniture. They need to buy us these clothes and these rings and this hair and everything we need. We need them in. We need them. And don't forget, men, you need these women to cook and clean and wash your clothes and take care of the youngins because you don't want to do it. We need them men. We need them women. But all of that is out of order. It's not according to the word. Don't marry a woman because you want her to be your mama. She ain't going to be like your mama. She didn't birth you. Your mama did. But she's going to get to know you like your mama did. She's going to see your nakedness. One day she might have to wipe your behind. Hope not. It's the truth. Y'all don't know what marriage is, do you? For better or for worse. When a woman get worse, you go find something better. For richer or poor. When the woman can't work the more and she depressed, you leave poor and go find richer. And sickness or in health. When the woman is down sick, you go find somebody in health. You know the word, don't you? You forgot this part. Unto death. Unto death. Do you part. I don't like how you look no more. I don't like how you smell. I don't like how you talk. Divorce. Because you don't like them no more. Well, when did you stop liking? It ain't about like. It's about the love of Christ. This is why marriages are so damaged because God's love ain't in it. Men supposed to love the woman just like Christ loved the church. And if you don't know Christ's love, you can't love your wife. Don't y'all know we living off of his love and not ours? Our love will been done cut out. Our love will been done killed you. Y'all don't see the news? Husbands killing wives and children. They call that love. That's not God's love. That's not his love. So we need to see the word. The way it needs to be seen. God said, if you don't see the word, perceive it the way it need to be seen, perceived and understood, then you will be in la la land. You will be in a place that you're wondering how you got to that place because you put yourself in that place. That's not the place that God has put you in. But that's the place you chose to be in because there is nothing that the word of God cannot bring you out of. He made provision for everything in our lives. So, go back. In the beginning was the word. That means that the word existed before anything existed. The word was here before anything was here. I want y'all to grasp that. He existed before anything existed. We would not exist without the word. Nothing would have been made without the word. So why are we pushing the word aside when we wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for the word? Why do we cast this aside and feel like I don't need to read it? 
It's when you shut up this word and you go try to figure it out yourself, you're saying the word don't work. And you're saved. The word saved us, delivered us, set us free, prospered us. The word rescued us. The word paid the price for us, a price that we could not pay because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The word said, I'm going to lay down my life for you because the price that need to be paid, you can't do it. A sinner cannot pay that price. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God through him. So I am saved because of Jesus. Not because of any good that I can do. The Bible said there is none that's good. There is none that understand. Everybody has what? Gone their own way. But because of the blood of Jesus. See, he showed us what love was. Love died for me when I was not worth dying for. Love laid down his life. For me, even while I was still in my sin, he said, I'm going to still die for. He said, because sin ain't going to have a hold on her no more. He said, I'm going to get rid of this sin thing. Because sin is what separated us from God. He said that your iniquity separated you from me. Meaning that you kept repeating the same things over and over again. It has separated me from you. Your sin has caused my face to hide. I can't even look at you. He said, so I got to deal with this sin because you can't deal with it on your own. So I'm going to deal with it once and for all. The animals only covered your sin. The priest had to stand up all day long doing animal sacrifices. But it was one high priest. He died once. And for all, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he said, it is finished. And his blood is on the mercy seat. Crying, have mercy, have mercy. If his blood wasn't there once and for all, you would have no mercy. This is why I have new mercies every morning. He said, because I know you're going to mess up in your speech, in your thoughts, in your walk. You're going to mess up somewhere. So I'm just going to clear the slate. I'm going to wipe it clean. My blood is going to wipe everything clean on you. So whatever you decide to do, I done wiped it clean. But I want you to recognize what you're doing and go and sin no more. Because in that case, he'll get rid of all of us. He who will not sin. Just drop the stones. Come on, just drop them. Just drop Everybody in this place, fold up your hand, ball up your fist, drop it. See how easy it was to drop it. So I'm going to ask you, why are you holding on to something he paid the price for? Yes, they hurt you. Yes, they said something they should not have said. Yes, they disrespected you. Yes, they act like they don't know who you are. You don't even know who you are. Because if you knew who you were in him, you could forgive. Wasn't it a, a release? Whew. You letting everything go. 
Why? Because he said, cast all your cares. I'm still talking about the word. Cast all your cares upon me. See, I want you to see him on that cross and every care and every concern and everything that you have issues with. He said, roll it over. Come on and roll it on me. He said, I can take it. Roll it on me. I want to take all your cares. I want to take all your concerns, all your sickness, all your disease, all your... Roll it over on me. He said, give it to me. I can take it. That's why the Bible says he took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. If he took it, why are we still taking it? Because some of us feel like, I deserve that. Mom and daddy had it. I deserve it. But if he took it, it's not yours. So you don't have to accept it when it comes to you. I don't accept that. You don't have no right here in my house. That's why he gave you his name. He said, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. So whatever come to your house, you say, in the name of Jesus, leave here now. You don't belong here. God ain't a hateful God. Hate, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I loose the love of God. I may not like what you're doing, but that shouldn't stop me from loving you. Some people, when they don't like what you're doing, they turn you off. Just like a radio. I don't like them signals you're giving. Click up. Won't call you, won't look at you, won't talk. Christians. The ones that say they know Jesus. You cannot know Jesus and turning people off like that. Who have you turned off? (laughs) You may turn them off if God tell you to step back because you gave them the word. That's not turning them off. You gave them what they needed. If they don't accept it, the blood is off your hands. So if God is telling you not to say nothing else, you say nothing. You let the word do the work. See, God was telling me this. He said, when you speak my word, it is the breath of God coming out of your mouth that's formed in my words. Because the spirit is what released the power upon those words to go do a work that you can't do. So y'all don't think just because you spitting out this word is you. It ain't you. It is his word that's coming out of your mouth that's doing the work. So if you're trying to find something to hammer somebody with, it ain't going to work because it ain't God, it's you. Some people try to, you know, I, I, well, I still know. A person that would get up and start teaching and just talk about everybody in the teacher. Talk about how they felt about this person, that person, and what they should have done. I ain't like that. Sit down somewhere. Because you ain't got it right. You need to go back and you need to look at you. You trying to voice your, how you feel to them. That's not God. You, you, you out of order. The word tell you if you got art, go to that person. That person is not up in here. (laughs) So why are you using that person to make them look bad in front of all these people? See, this is why people look bad. Because people voice their opinion about that person. They go tell everybody except that person. By the time it gets to that person, nobody don't want to deal with that person. Because everybody talked about that's not God. So the word was here, y'all. Before anything was here, 
the word was here. And I'm, I'm still there because God said, if you catch that before anything was created, the world was here. Go to Colossians one. Colossians 1, 17, listen at this. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Meaning that all things are held together. Everything is held together by the word. Why? Because the word created. The word made. It created. It brought things into existence. And I love this in Hebrews 1. Um, It says, chapter 1, it says, upholding all things by the word of his power. Everything in this world is upheld by the word of God, y'all. So if anything is out of order, we put it back in order according to the word. Let me give you a scripture in Mark, the 11th chapter. What happened to the fig tree? The fig tree was doing something, saying something that it shouldn't been doing or saying. The tree was speaking to Jesus from afar off. Jesus was hungry, so he said, okay, let me go to this tree. I see that it has leaves, so it should have some figs on it. He knew his creation because he's the word. So when he got to the tree, there was no figs. So that tree was speaking to him some falsified information. So he said, I'm going to handle you. I curse you at the root right now. You're not going to fool nobody else. See, on the outside, you look good. But that root in you ain't right. So I'm going to get rid of you. So Jesus spoke to that tree. The tree was speaking to him. Did y'all not know creation speaks? Did y'all not know if your body didn't speak to you, you couldn't tell the doctor what's wrong with it? Anybody ever been to a doctor and just sat there looking dumbfounded? Anybody ever been to a lawyer and sat at their desk? Anybody ever been anywhere at McDonald's and didn't place an order? Do like this. I don't hear nothing. No, you open your mouth. Anybody who come to you, they open their mouth. I never seen, well, yeah, some people sit there and just stare at you and won't say nothing. And you have to say, come on, come on now, come on, say something. I ain't got nothing to say. You just said something. So this is what I'm saying. We need the word, y'all. We need the word, y'all. We need the word, y'all. The word is important. The word need to be part of your life. It need to be more part of your life than anything else. The word need to be first and foremost. But what do we do? We go after things. We go after people. If I don't have them in my life, I'm nothing. If I don't have a job, I'm nothing. If I don't have this, if I don't have that, I just, I'm nothing. Me and my husband was watching this movie the other night, and it was this, um, I guess she was an adult, just getting out of her teen years, and she was a fashion person. She would put stuff on Facebook and show her fashions and she would talk about different things and she had so many followers and that's how she lived. So she lived by that cell phone. She lived by what she can put on Facebook to let people know who she was and to see how many followers she had. She had to even get a man to let people know she had the best man and they loved each other. Only been dating a month but they loved each other. I have never seen such mess in my life. Dating a month, they love each other. So she was even getting more hits than the lady that ran the company. 
So the lady that ran the company was so jealous of her because everybody liked her and liked what she was doing. This girl got in eight accidents because of the phone. Staying on the phone so her parents said, we got to take your phone. Why are you taking my phone? And still drove the car when they took the license and told her not to drive the car. Still drove the car. Went to work, long story short. Boyfriend ended up setting her up. So they end up going more to him than they was going to her, and it just cut her. She could not live without the phone. They put her on the farm with no phone, no reception, nowhere with her granddaddy, and she liked to went crazy. She was fighting a little young girl over her phone. Give me your phone. She had an addiction to posting, to see what everybody had on Facebook. You can laugh all you want, but it's some addictors in here to Facebook. You can do... Everything else, I mean, let me put it this way. Facebook has become a God. People cannot live without Facebook, without checking to see what Facebook has to say. This is how she was. But guess what? Her life ended up being changed when her mother and father set her up. And when they set her up, change began to come, and she began to develop her own line, not based on what people thought. She began to do what was already in her outside of that phone and Facebook and social media. You can't even find the real you because you're looking at the wrong book. As long as you look at Facebook, you will never see who you are. But when you look in here and you look on Facebook, you know who you're not. But we're trying to keep up with what the world is doing and how the world is doing it. We're forgetting who we are and we cannot rescue them that need to be saved because our mind is on what the world does. That's not God. So our focus need to be in the word. So everything is upheld by the word of God. Read Hebrews verse one through verse three. Everything is upheld, upholding everything, everything by the word of God. When you go to Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, Jesus was there. Jesus is the beginning. He's before everything. He's alpha and omega. He's the first and the last. Come on, y'all. He's the beginning and the end. With him. He's beginning. He's before everything. And it, it, the Alpha is beginning of the um, Bible. And then you go to Omega to end. Everything in here represents him. He's the beginning. He's the ending. He's everything, y'all. Some people look at you. When you don't do what they do, they say, you so holy. When you don't go where they go or participate in what they participate, oh, you better than we are. It ain't got nothing to do with better. I'm separating myself to let you know I'm different. And I don't feel bad about it. I don't even care if it's a family affair. If God say, don't go, I ain't going. I still love you, but God told me, don't go. But you know what we do? We're family. We have, I do not have to participate in that ungodly mess. Or if I go 
and they be drinking, cussing, and dancing. Bye. That's my cue. I'm not staying here. I have him on the inside of me. I'm not going to stay here and allow my God to be in the midst of... That's just me partaking. And then next thing you know, you on Facebook beside somebody with a beer can in their hand. And they're saying, oh, so you, uh-huh. Come on, somebody. It's a family affair. That's the title of it. You better know when to get it up and go. Because they don't want to hear you when you start talking about Jesus. They don't want to hear you. They'll kick you out. Just start talking about Jesus. Just start talking about Jesus. Nobody don't want to talk to you no more. Ain't family no more. Didn't somebody try to bring a scripture up in there? To try to make you feel like you wrong. True. As Brother Willie say, true that. But we don't want to disappoint folk. I still want them to love me. I don't care if you keep going until Jesus come. If they got hate in their heart and that hate ain't changed, forget it. You cannot change people. The only thing that can change people is the word of God. How many people come to your house to spend the night? That's what you answer. We don't have guests. <laughs> People know not to come to certain houses because they know they ain't going to do what they want to do in that house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, that's the problem, y'all. When you start out wrong, you're going to end up wrong. It's hard to change Somebody, when you started out a certain way, let me give y'all a nugget here because the Holy Spirit is reminding me of something. How dare you to get saved on Sunday and go home and tell everybody this is what they got to do and they ain't got to know the real you yet. Now you want change after you done raised that child from the bottle and all the way up here. Now you after that child like hot on rice. That ain't the way God would approach that. See, what we do is because we change, now we want everybody in the house to change. The life you live is going to speak for you. This is why y'all don't understand. See, Jesus had not come yet. They talked about Jesus from the Old Testament until the time of his birth. They knew about Jesus and they knew about how important the word was. And they said, I want you to speak this word through your children in the morning, midday and at night, all through the day. Speak the word. These people were not born again, folk. They were speaking life into them. So guess what? When Jesus came and John the Baptist was preparing the way for Jesus, it wasn't hard for some of them to accept that way. Because the word was being spoke even when they were small. Even though your child haven't come the way that you're coming, you should have your house in order according to the word. They should know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I wasn't like this before. This is what you need to tell your kids. This is how I was. But when I get got to know who he is, then I had to cut out the way the world does. 
This is not what we do now. You got to do it in love. You got to speak truth in love. You can't go in the house and just throw everything away. You got to sit down and you got to tell them, this is why we don't have this in the house because this is what it represents. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. I'm a living example. I would watch Dragon Ball Z. I know y'all know Dragon Ball Z. Some of you still watch Dragon Ball Z. I would watch Dragon Ball Z with my son having me my time with him. I would, and I would quote what Dragon Ball Z was saying, didn't he know what he was saying, demonic, y'all. So me and my son in there, I say, turn it on Dragon Ball Z, son. Let's watch us some Dragon Ball Z. So we get in there and we watching Dragon Ball Z. Did not know, was unlearned, not taught. But I did have some flashbacks from when I was raised in granddaddy's house. Aunt Shirley bought us a Yahtzee game. Shame on you. <laughs> she wa- She wanted us to have... She didn't know. She wanted us to have a game to play with in the preacher's house. She didn't know either. So I had flashbacks. Granddaddy say, ain't going to be no gambling in my house. I say, gambling, we ain't doing nothing but writing some stuff on some paper. He was looking at them dice. Ain't going to be no gambling in my house. I don't gamble. I said, we don't gamble either, Granddaddy. He ain't say nothing else. Nothing. We kept right on playing that little bit Yahtzee game. Next day, we excited. Come on, y'all. Let's play some Yahtzee. Where is my Yahtzee? Where is my Yahtzee? Granddaddy, where is the Yahtzee? It's over there in that branch. Didn't I tell you wasn't going to be no gambling in my house? He was calm. He was humble. Granddaddy was just granddaddy. Loving. He spoke truth and love. He told you one time. He said nothing else. So I had those flashbacks. But I, I still watch Dragon Ball Z because me and my son was bonding. So I met this lady one day. And this lady was a Christian. See, God know, you know, he winks at ignorance. But once you get told the truth, it's what you do with the truth. Knowing the truth is what sets you free. So she began to talk to me and she said, you have children? I said, yes, ma'am, I have children. She began to talk the word and everything. And she said, well, she said, what do y'all watch? I'm happy. We watched Dragon. She said, who? I wasn't ashamed because I didn't know. She began to break that down to me. She said, don't you know that everything that come out of your television, it sets an atmosphere? She said, and it brings demonic in your house. That's how the enemy get in your house through what you watch. I said, no, ma'am. I didn't know that. She said, you mind if I come to your house? I said, no, ma'am. She said, let me look at some of the stuff. I wasn't ashamed no more. If I had something in my house that wasn't right, I want to know it now. Because it touched my heart. The word that she gave me, y'all, it touched me. It brought knowledge and understanding that I didn't know. I was saved, though. So when she came to the house, I pulled everything out. My son was sitting there. He said, Mommy, what you doing? What you doing with all my games, Mommy? I said, I'm going to explain it to you, son. I'm going to explain it to you. So she said, all of this right here, it ain't good. She said, this right here will bring stuff, you know, in your house. So guess what, y'all? I got rid of the videos, but he still had the little um, statues of Dragon Ball Z. He still had stuff in his room that I didn't clean out. So my son was scared to sleep in his room. And I said, why aren't you in your room? He said, Mommy, I just can't sleep in there. I just can't. I can't. And as I began to pray, this is why you need the word. See, we have to depend on the word. The Lord said, clean his room out. Throw everything in there 
that does not represent me. Y'all, I threw all the stuff out, changed around his room, and he was sleeping in that room. Your atmosphere changes based on what you bring in your home. When you bring the word and you speak the word, it brings life. See, we want to be besties with your children, but you don't know you're killing them. Because when you allow these gangs in there that's dealing with violence, the enemy is using that in their minds. So when they build up anger, the first thing that's going to come in their minds and their thinking is, I'm going to get a gun and I'm going to kill you. Because we allow this in our homes. All the music with death in it. Why do y'all think these rappers talk about death? They're not talking about life. They're cursing. They're carrying on. Why are they doing this? Because that's all they know. So when you put it in your ear, you're rapping about death. God is not about death. God is about life. So when you let your children have this, you know why we do it? So we can have our time. We leave them in the room to themselves doing ungodly stuff so we can have our time. We've got to get our minds right with Christ. We don't care how their minds are. By the time we get our minds right, now we're dealing with them. And it puts us back in a place. The enemy entrapped you either way. That's why we have to do a spiritual house cleaning. First with this house. And as we clean this house, we'll be able to clean our homes. You cannot clean the house that you stay in, which you call a home, until you get you right. Once you get you right, you let people know this cannot come up in here. You can't even leave your television on at night. Stuff come through the television, you begin to dream about it. You see yourself in the picture. Have anybody ever experienced that? I have. Y'all, the demonic is real. The spiritual realm, the spiritual world is real. And the only way that we can attack it is with the word of God. It has more power. You cannot do it flesh and blood. We do not come against flesh and blood. We don't fight against flesh. We spend too much time fighting against one another. You said it. I believe it. Shut up. That's not what we do. We do what the word of God tell us to do. We love one another. So when we look at in Genesis say in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Who created it? The one that was there before it was created. He did it. Man did not do it. Man cannot fix it. Have you ever seen man fix the air? They can't even see it to fix it. But it's going to be somebody to say, I got something that put in the air and it kills everything. If it ain't the blood of Jesus, it ain't dead. Man come up with stuff. But there was one man, George Washington Carver, smart man, inventor of the peanut oil, the pe- all this stuff. He invented because he got up early. He went in the woods and he said, Mr. Creator. Tell me how this works. Because he went to the one that created it. Just like this Bible has an author. His name is Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that this Bible is written about. It is written. 
That's why Jesus told the devil when he came to tempt him. He told him what was written. And guess what? The devil couldn't touch what's written. Because Jesus took what was written and he began, began to speak it. See, when the word become rhema and it begins to speak to you. That's why every day we need to say, speak, Lord, speak, because I'm in my flesh. Holy Spirit, I need a word. The Bible said the word is a lamp unto your feet. It is a light unto your path, meaning that the word is going to give you direction. The interest of the word gives you what? Light. It gives you understanding. We need the word. Open my eyes, Lord, and allow me to see the wonderful things out of your law. Your eyes got to be open. Your heart got to be open. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a flesh thing. You cannot go into the word fleshly. You got to go into the word with the help of the Holy Spirit. But you got to go in it. But then the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then it's telling you he's the what? He's the creator. But it's telling you how the earth was. He said that the, the, it was full, it was what? Void. It was empty. There was darkness. Guess what? But it said the Holy Spirit was hoovering. He was brooding. He was waiting. Just like a hen on her eggs, she's waiting for those eggs to hatch. What was the Holy Spirit waiting on? He was waiting on God to speak. And the Bible says that, and God said, let there be light. God didn't mess with the darkness because he knew that when he brought light, it was going to, it was going to take care of the dark. Y'all, the word is your light. And if you don't bring the word, you still got darkness. We're in a dark world. You're the light of the world. The world's supposed to see your good works so they can what? Glorify the Father. The only way they can see your good work is through the word. You can't do nothing of yourself. He has given you the word. If he's given it to us, why we don't use it? Because we don't think it works. Anything that you know that works, you're going to use it. How many of us Jump in our car and we don't, we don't think about that car. It's not going to crank. Hello? But you got to have the keys to it, right? You got to, if you don't have your keys, how's the car going to crank? So we make sure those keys are what? Accessible. Is that not right? When you go get a car, I don't care if it's a, a, a new dealership or if it's one that's just out there trying to take your money. They got to give you somebody keys. <laughs> They got to give you keys for that car. If they don't give you keys, that car is not going to be moved, right? We have keys right here to the kingdom. And these keys give us a right. It gives us authority that whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, but it comes through the word of God. He said, I have given you keys to open. I have given you keys to lock. And it comes through, everything comes through the word of God. He said, the flesh profit you nothing. 
The spirit quickens. The spirit is what makes alive. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Catch it. His word is spirit and it is life. Life comes from the word of God. God said, let there be light. He didn't even deal with the darkness because he knew when I say, let there be light, the darkness is going to be taken care of. God, and then he said, and the light was very good. He didn't say nothing about the darkness. So God don't want us to walk in darkness. He don't want us to live in darkness. Y'all, it's a problem with the church. We can sit in the midst of our brothers and sisters and have a problem with them, but won't say nothing thinking that it's resolved. How can it get resolved if you didn't do it according to the word? Pray about it all you want, but the word is telling you to do something. You hear and you do. Whoever you got a problem with, you go to the brother and sister. Because if you don't, you're keeping it deep. And the next person that get in your face, you're going to take the person that you kept deep and you're going to put them in their face. The enemy knows this. So this is why we have mixed emotions because we ain't dealing with them. We're not dealing with them through the word of God. He has given us, y'all, the fruit of the spirit. He has given us love for hate. He has given us joy in the midst of our sorrow. Come on, ain't nothing that we need that the word hasn't already given us. It is on the inside of you. So he created everything and he said, bring forth. This is what I want you to do. I want you to bring forth. He told everything what he wanted it to do. Do you think, check this out, y'all. It was a lot of trees in the garden, but it was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and good and evil. That was two trees, right? But God gave them a choice. You can eat from every tree in this garden, but do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eat off that tree of life all you want. Those were in the missing. Eat off that tree because that's going to give you life and you're going to live forever. From eternity, you're going to live forever. Have eternal life. But they had a choice to choose. Two trees, I'm going to use those two trees. The tree of life. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But he gave them a choice. You can only choose one. Can't have them both. Only choose one. Listen at the Bible. There are blessings and there are curses. There's life and death. There's two. Blesses, curses, life, death. He said you only have one choice. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But all of them are one. One means unity. So God is saying that it is one God, but it's three persons. And all of them have duties. They have ways of doing things, but it's one God. Give you another one. We have a husband and a wife, right? But that wife, that woman come out of one man. She was already there, but it was one. You know what that means? Unity. So when a husband and wife come together, they are one. Even though they are two, they're supposed to be one. So when you're in an argument, husbands and wives, you're supposed to come together in unity. You're supposed to come to an agreement because you are one. 
So we got to understand that God wants unity in the body of Christ. We have many members, but we have one body. And those many members make up one body. It's still one body. So this is why we have to come together in unity to make up one body. Ain't about me, ain't about you. It's about Jesus Christ. So when we start dividing off, oh, this one is better, that one is better, you don't know unity. We serve one God, one faith, one baptism, one Lord. You see what I'm saying? It comes back to unity. God wants us to be unified, and the word of God is what unifies us. So if we're not in unity, somebody's out of sync. Because if I'm telling you truth, and you're not accepting this truth, there's division in the house. So God wants us to be unified on one accord, according to his word, according to his way of doing things. Do y'all remember the Tower of Babel? See, when God first, before he spoke the world into existence... What he had to do, it had to be in his mind. It had to be in his thoughts. This is why the word of God say, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That means so does he become. So whatever God was thinking about, God began to speak it. It began to form into words in the breath of God. So God thought about how he wanted things to be and he began to speak about it. So this is why our words are so important. You got to think about hating me before you say you hate me. Anything that you think about is what you're going to become is what you're going to end up saying. Because you thought about it. That thought has to to come first. What about the Tower of Babel and Genesis 11th chapter? They were of one. They're going to one again. They were together. They were in unity. And as they were in unity, guess what? They began to build that tower, a Babel. And the Bible said, God said, nothing will be restrained from them. He said, because nothing they imagined to do will be restrained from them that they were thinking about. Would be restrained for them. Why? Because they were on one accord. They were in unity. God said, we got to go down there and we got to interrupt that. See, this is what's happening to the world. If we don't take this gospel... The good news concerning Jesus Christ to the world, guess what? Their home is is hell, is death. God wants all of us to take his word, to speak his word, and the word is going to do the work. Ain't for you to beat nobody over the head with the word of God. The word works itself. We don't have to try to make it do anything. So God is talking about unity. He's talking about being on one accord. Do you remember when they were on the road to uh, Emmaus? Or uh, Damascus, Emmaus. They were on that road, and Jesus began to speak to them in Luke 24. And as he began to speak to them, they began to say something on the inside began to burn within us as he began to speak. He was speaking the word of God. The word of God will have you on the inside burning. It will be like a fire. It will set you ablaze because it's doing a work on the inside of you. And this is why you need to come into the house of God. You need to come to Bible study. You need to get all of the word that you can get because you never know what you're going to come up against. We need to start laying other things aside and say, I need the word more than I need this. I need the word more than I need to get my hair done today. I need the word. Now get your hair done. But you want to put the, get your hair done. We don't want you to look all jacked up. Get your hair done. (laughs) You want to make sure you're looking good. For the kingdom, but you want to put him first. 
You don't want to, you know, go get all these things done, but you're not putting the word of God first. God know what time you have to go to work, but he also know what time you can get out that bed too. Because some of us choose to lay there. Sometimes I choose to lay there. He's an early riser. That one right there. He'll, he'll rise early and think everybody's supposed to do like, that's, that's you. <laughs> Leave me out of you. Now, me and God got our set time now. He know when I'm getting up and doing what I got to do. And, and you know how long I'm going to stay here. Well, man, that, mind your business. <laughs> here, just mind your business. Just mind your business. See, that's what you, just mind your business. Go on about your business and I'm going on about my business. That's what we're going to do now. Don't get no, we ain't going to get no attitude about it. You ain't going to start me fussing. Now you done messed up my pattern of sleep. Might as well get on up. Might as well get on up now. You done messed me up. I got to think about how to go back to sleep now. Have y'all ever been in that situation? I know you have. That'll make you mad, right? Now you got to go sit before the Lord and say, why I'm so mad? Because he woke me up. I'm just being honest. I had to ask myself, why I want to knock him out because he woke me up? What's up, God? Have y'all ever talked to God? I do. I shouldn't be just upset with him. What's down there that I ain't dealt with? Because the man was just saying something. You always just shut up. You know how you talk in your head, Adam? You talk in your head. Then they keep messing with you, come out your mouth. Don't even play. Don't even play. Some of y'all things act like y'all don't think about nothing. Now you, you just act like you don't think crazy. You do. That's why it's sad that you got to cast down every imagination and every half. Yo, y'all just, y'all, mm-mm. No, just tell the truth. Y'all act like y'all thinking is so perfect. No, it ain't. That's why he died. Act like you don't think about nothing. You know you be thinking to be smiling at people and thinking about killing them. Y'all know how to put on them faces. Don't say nothing. But on the inside you ready to blow up. And then when your husband or wife, what you want? They didn't deserve that. You were mad at that person. You kept it inside. I remember my husband used to tell me. I ain't lying, y'all. He used to tell me because I needed help. I don't know about y'all. I needed help. I mean some serious help. So when I was getting my help, trying to get my help, thought I was where I need to be. And I'm on the phone, hallelujah, praise Jesus, yeah, God is good. As soon as I get off the phone, my husband, what you want? He said, do you hear how you talking to me? No. That was me, y'all. Was it not? Mm-hmm. Do you hear how you talking to me? No. Why are you on the phone with them while you listen to my conversation? Mm-hmm. This was before God dealt with me. I'm going to help y'all out. Because y'all act like y'all don't need to be dealt with. Oh, I could give him a look. He said, you know how you look? No, I don't. Why you can't be looking some kind of way? And one day the Lord showed me my face. Who is that? God will show you your face without you looking in the mirror. We got a problem, folk. I don't mind admitting mine because, see, you admit it to quit it. See, we got too many people admitting stuff and you still haven't quit it. You got too many people going out there and talking about, oh, how good God is, and then you go home and treat your mate just like they're nothing. 
You got too many people out there that's telling people don't let no corrupt communication be in your mouth and it's all in yours. Come on, that's a hypocrite. You got too many people telling people you need to get in your word, you need to know what the word's saying, and you ain't in yours. You still got them same two little scriptures that you had 20 years ago, and you're still saying the same two little scriptures, and you ain't got no more revelation off of them 20 years ago than you got now. I don't hear no amen. Church, we need to rise up. Because let me tell you something. It is more, the wickedness was already here. But it's getting stirred up like never before. And the only way you're going to be able to get through it is through the word of God. There's no other way. People are going to look for places that they can come in to get help. Because they're going to find out the world cannot give them. What God can. They're going to be wondering, why are we in Egypt dying, but y'all over there in Goshen and you're still alive? That's because we know the creator of all things. And God showed me this. In the Bible, we were spiritual beings first, right? God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So he created us in his likeness. He created us in his what? In his image. So we're carriers Of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God took me back to John 1 and he said, the word became flesh. See, the word was a spirit. We could not see the word, but God made word flesh, which was Jesus Christ. Jesus came and walked amongst the world to show people God's characteristics. To show people who God really was because they could not see him because he was a spirit. Jesus brought healing. He brought prosperity. He brought all of God to the earth. Now you're the one. Y'all don't get it. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. You're carriers of the word. You're supposed to bring the word so God can be glorified. He's in you. He said, I want to come out of you. I want to work from inside out so people know who I am. They can't see me, but when they see you, they see me. Oh, let me back that up in scripture. Oh, ain't God good. Don't y'all love the word? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going there because I see it. I see it. Do y'all see it? Do y'all see it? For real, do you see it? Check this out. I'm going to tell you where I'm going in just a second. Okay. Go with me to St. John. Chapter 14. Verse 6. I'm going to start there. Jesus was going to be with the Father. He was encouraging them. Start at verse 5. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not the way thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I like this. If you have known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Now listen at this. Philip now, one of his disciples, followers. Philip said unto him, Lord, mm, Show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? 
He that hath seen me have seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believe thou not that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he do the work. What am I saying? If you're around a saint, a Christian, and they've been saved for centuries, and you're yet to see the Father, something's wrong. How can you be saved, born again from above, and people not seeing where you're from? Philip was with Jesus, and he said, show me the Father. Jesus was showing him the characteristics, the attributes, the power of the Father. But he still say, show me the Father. We got some Philips in this room. You've been this long with me, Philip. I'm going there. You cannot tell me that you are in this word, and people still don't yet see him. There's supposed to be change if you're in this word. You're supposed to have a change of heart. Your way of doing don't supposed to be the same way. Your way of living don't supposed to be the same way. Your way of talking do not supposed to be the same way. It's supposed to change. If you read on love, God's love, man, people should see it. If you read on anything in this Bible... And you're meditating on it. People are supposed to see it by the life. You, you don't have to try to get them to see nothing. That's just how you live. Some people are living as hypocrites because they're doing something that they haven't got planted in their heart. But you have the spirit of God. They're supposed to be changed. Listen at how people talk. You know where they are still. You can hear their hurt. You can hear their pain. If somebody died in the family, people hurts come up. This one ain't do nothing. That one didn't do nothing. They ain't helped me with nothing. Where did all that come from? It was already there. From past experiences and you didn't deal with it. Because that's not the way God would respond to that. He who have not sinned. You may have an area. They may have an area. But God works with all of us. So this is what I want everybody to understand. You may not do like I do. But the little that you do do, that you do from your heart, it helps. Because we're one body in the body of Christ. And it takes everybody. Every joint supply. That's why every joint, this joint do something, that joint do something. And we make up everybody can't do the same thing, y'all. But that that you can do. That's what you're supposed to do. You can't expect this out of the arm. That's why you got another arm. If this arm go down, you better learn how to use lefty. Two. Make up one. Forget this body. You got two eyes. One eye go out. One ain't here. You got one. One ear you can't hear out of. You got the other. Here. What you say? I heard it. Speak a little bit loud. Till that healing come to those parts. He gave you two of them. You got two feet. Two legs. Two. Y'all don't get God. See God know what he's doing. 
When he created us, he knew what he was doing. Quit letting people talk about how ugly you are. Or you don't amount to anything. You are fearfully, you are wonderfully made. You put together the way God saw fit for you to be put together. When we know all these things, we're not bothered by people because we know what's behind what that person is saying. We need to see the word of God for what it is, y'all. And until you see it for what it is, I advise you to hush. Quit opening your mouth with your own opinions and you're not in the word to know what it's saying. I think we spend more time with Christians than we spend with sinners. Because when a sinner really get it, they got it. And they moving on. Christians will stay in the same spot and act like they still know, but they're in the same spot. And this is what we need to do. If you keep telling the person over and over again, we need to say, come on, you need to come up for healing because I believe something wrong with your ears. Let's pray for those ears. Get into the word. Allow the word to get into you because the word will quicken you. The word will bring life to you. The word will take a dead situation and bring life to that situation. So we're going to talk on this for a little bit. Because if you're born from above, you need spiritual food. That's why he rained manna from heaven. He said, you eat this food, you'll never go hungry. I am the bread of life. I am living water. So when we know what he is and what he has given us, we partake of it. His disciples left him because he said, if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part of me. His flesh is the word. So they said, this is too hard of a saying for us. People leave the church because they cannot take what's coming across the pulpit because they don't want change. But he asked the other ones, are you going to leave me too? They said, no. Where would we go? You have life. You are the word. When you're in a place giving you the word, why would you want to leave the word? Because you don't want it. You're rejecting it. We want to be where we're getting the word because that word is going to bring us to life. And every dead situation that's in our life, we can bring it to life through the word. And we're saying every time we come in this place, God, deal with me. If there's any perverse, if there's any crooked way in me, God, deal with me. I don't care if I heard the scripture a thousand times. Enlighten me. Open my eyes. Allow the word to penetrate my very being. That when it come out of my mouth, it's like a fire. And it devours everything around me. It's like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. It's like a two-edged sword. Thank you for the word that it's like a fire shut up in my bones. And God, I can't contain it. I have to let it out. Last scripture. I promise it's the last one. When Jesus was with his disciples, well before they were disciples, the Jews was coming against Jesus in John chapter 8. And they were not believing who he was. And some began to believe. And Jesus said in John chapter 8. I love what Jesus told them in 831. He said this to them. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Continue me to hold fast, remain, abide. If you are his disciple, you're going to hold fast to what he says. You're going to remain in what he's saying. 
You're not going to come out from that. That's what a follower of Jesus Christ does. They're going to hold on to the word. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. When you abide in that word, continue in that word, hold fast to that word. You're going to know truth. You're going to become intimate with that truth and you're going to be made free no matter what situation you're in. So if you have let if you have let go of your lifeline, this is why you're still in the same situation because you believe in that lie over the truth. His word is truth. Sanctify me in truth. Thy word is true. So every opportunity you get on your break, on your lunches, set yourself aside. Y'all, how I got through my job, I did tell you that's the last scripture it is. But I need to tell you this. How I got through my job when they demoted me on that job, I'm going to tell y'all how I got through. It was through the word. I carried teaching tapes with me. On my bathroom break, I would look up and say, Lord, if you don't help me, nobody can. Everybody was against me. If I can be for you, who can be against you? God would give me scripture after scripture to, to maintain myself because I was mad. I was hurt because I felt like I didn't do nothing wrong, y'all. Lord knows I felt like I didn't do nothing wrong. But God said it's not about what you did or didn't do. It's where I'm taking you. I realized that when I got further and further in it, I said, God... What's wrong? I, I, I did everything that I could do, but why they chose me to do this to? God said, because I'm making you. I'm showing you things that's in you that need to be developed in you for where I'm taking you. So God was breaking me. You got to be broken. Some of us don't want to be broken because we think we okay. We think I'm loving people. I thought I was loving people the way they need to be loved. But God said, no, you got some control in you. You got some stubbornness in you. You got some rebellion in you. You got some stuff in you that need to come out of you. And I got to break you down to make you. Some of us think that we don't have some of these characteristics. He even told me you got pride. And you don't see all of that because you think you're doing so good. And when he broke me, guess what, y'all? It didn't matter what they did or how they did it. My focus was on where he was taking me. And how I know I was really broken after I went through, God said, start speaking, you're coming off the job. Then he would tell me, turn in your resignation. I didn't turn it in. I said, well, God, he said, I'm waiting on you. When I turn it in, the CFO, he's up under the CEO, the chief executive officer, I remember he called me in his office. Now check this, y'all. When they demoted me, took the money, did all that to me, it was just like I was a nobody to them. But when I started turning myself over to the Lord and doing stuff unto the Lord, everything I'd done got finished so quick, and they had people doing it that wasn't doing it. They give it to me. It was already done. And we sitting up there looking at me and Jennifer like, okay, they taking their work, giving it to me. I'm completing their work, and they still can't do the work they're doing, but God had me settled because God said it's about what I want you to do. He called me in that office after I turned in my resignation, and he said, I want to offer you something. He said, any job, can y'all imagine? Any job that you want. I knew I couldn't be a nurse or no doctor, so that was out. Y'all would have been dead. <laughs> So I knew it had to be where I was. He said, any job that you want, I'll give it to you if you stay. So after he finished, I looked at him, and I'm like, 
in your mind you're thinking. But then I looked at him. And he said, I'll give you a week to decide. I looked at him and said, I don't need a week. He said, oh, you don't? I said, no. I said, because I'm leaving. And I'm going to do the work of the Lord. He said, I hate for you to go. Can y'all imagine? The ones that were my enemies. I got to help y'all out. God leaves a place in peace. You do not leave a place blaming it on them and act like you ain't got nothing to do with it. You don't want to be broken. I left in peace. And the very ones that turned their back on me, the ones that God allowed me to hire to give them a chance when nobody else would give them a chance, those were my enemies. But when I left that job, my enemies was laying money in my hand. My enemies was outside waving at me, saying, what are we going to do now that you're gone? I say, you're going to use what I left here for you to make it. Jesus. You know what's wrong with us? We don't want to get low. We so stuck on pride. We so stuck on what we want and how people are going to look at us. We rather just shut down instead of letting God break us to make us. God said, I got to break you to make you. You got to see what's really deep in you. In order for me to put you anywhere else, you got to see what's there. Quit running all over the place because I tried it, y'all. I tried to get another job and I knew I had the experience. Y'all, they wouldn't even hire me to sit at a desk and answer the phone. I said, something wrong. I said, what? I said, wait a minute. I got all, you won't hire me here? He said, no. I like, God, come on now. Come on, I'm, I'm going down the ladder. God, how humble do you want me to get? They won't even hire me to answer the phone. God said, because I'm not through over there yet. Come on, y'all. Took my income. What me and my husband was living off of to make it. My income and his together was helping what we already created. And that come down. Then things, everything was coming crumbling. But God said, I don't want you to look down. I want you to look up. I want you to look, I don't want to look, you to look to your daddy, your aunt, your brother, sisters. I want you to look up. I could have looked at them. I could have looked at my brother that had a bread business. Two sisters in the nursing field. Aunt and uncle. My dad, you know, supervisor at Stateport. Make, I could have looked to him. But God said, I don't want you to look to them. I want you to know who I am. I want you to know me for yourself. Lord knows if my dad and my aunt knew that my cabinets was empty, I had two kids, and I'm wondering where my next meal going to come from. God said, I'm going to humble you real good. I'm going to teach you how to speak this word over your situation. And I'm going to teach you that when you speak the word, I want you to see it even before it come into existence. I want you to speak those things that be not as though they were. Y'all don't know I was speaking to cabinets. Food come. I was speaking to the closets. My husband, my closet, my son's closet, and even speaking to the baby that was in my belly and didn't have no maternity clothes. But when God told me to speak, I spoke, and everything I spoke, it came into existence. The right. You cannot see the glory and not know my story. 
You don't know where I come from and what I had to do. So keep your mouth off of us. You don't know what we've been through to get where we are now. But I got something to tell you. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because everything we need, God is touching the hearts of man. Because we're doing a good work and I'm not coming down. So it don't matter how people feel. I'm not ashamed of what God is doing in my life. And I will not be ashamed. Because I know where I come from. And you better start knowing where you come from. You don't, you don't have people say, I ain't giving her nothing. It's okay because he got a ram in the bush. God's glory is going to still be revealed. Because he's doing a great work. A great work. And we're not coming down. So if you're a part of this ministry, and you're really truly a part of this ministry, it's going to take the word for you not to come down. People may disappoint you. People may leave you, but that should not stop you from doing the work that God has placed in your hands. Nothing should separate us from him. Nothing should separate you from God. Things happen, y'all. Lord knows they do. Especially in your mind. Your mind is the battlefield. This is why the enemy don't want you to get the word. Because he want to keep playing with your mind. He said, he know he can't touch the spirit. Mm -mm. He said, but I can work with your mind all day long. Everything you watch. Everything you talk about. I can mess with it so the life that's in your spirit won't be able to flow to your body. That's why we get weak. That's why we faint. Because whatever we're thinking about affects our body. The body feed off of your thinking, y'all. I dare anybody to think that they're catching something. You already caught it. We never knew about no flu until man said it. We ran around with colds and they gave us pine top tea toes not to get from undercover and we were healed the next day. Sure did. You go in the house and you tell them, I got a cough, go outside and play. You go outside and play, don't even worry about that cough. Now somebody get a call, oh, I just ain't gonna make it. But, you know, sometimes you don't need to be making it with fevers and stuff, bringing all that, but we find that in the name of Jesus. But what I'm saying is, when we were growing up, we ain't pay no attention to that stuff. Now everything is over the news and everybody claiming it. You got some people claiming that virus over there in China. You need to be praying for China. You got some people checking the internet to make sure you ain't got them symptoms. People check the internet for everything. Storm up the toe, the toe red. Well, let me see what internet got to say about a red toe. That's what we do. We go check it out on the internet. Oh, we have somebody look at the toe. What you see? I see a toe. You don't see how? I don't see that. We check it out. Because that's what we come to believe. We check it out. Do y'all know they got cases out there now that people did not even have lupus and they told them they had lupus? For as a man thinketh in his heart, so does he become. You don't know what you're living with until they tell you. Do you? As soon as they tell you, oh God, it's me. Was it you before you knew? They had to come up with some terms 
I got to tell somebody's story. We're going to have our communion. But I got to tell Brother Willie's story. I pick on Brother Willie because Brother Willie is just Brother Willie. When I first met Brother Willie, he would give us these stories about how he was. And I remember Brother Willie, I think you said that you were weak or something. You thought you was having a stroke, right? So Brother Willie called 911. That's the right thing to do when you think you're checking out, right? He called 911, and I believe he went to the room, right, Brother Willie? He went to the room, and he was waiting on the ambulance. So the ambulance came, and they asked where Willie was. For a man that's having a stroke, he walked to the scratcher, got on the scratcher, <laughs> and they hauled him off. Say, so Brother Willie said he was in the back in the emergency room, and he was checking himself. He said, what's your name? What's your name? What's your name? He said, he answered, Willie. <laughs> Willie found out that he had taken, what was it, Willie? Night quill and what? <laughs> Wasn't a thing wrong with Willie. Y'all don't play. Y'all done it too. Y'all be checking y'all self to see if you remember what your name is. Right? So, let's get into the word. Not only get into the word, let the word get into us so we can do what the word tell us to do. Because the word works, y'all, when nothing else works. Because the word was here before anything was here. Amen? So get into the word. Let the word get into you. And as you do that, you will have the life from the word of God. Amen? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is so good. 